Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Our comrade Noel is on an adventure, but will return shortly. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, What better way to begin than a quote from a modern-day Shakespeare? Oh my God, brain implants. They say there's a slim chance I won't stay the same because I traded brains with the chimpanzee. Uh, if oh, you look don't it up, do that. <laughs> if you look it up on Genius.com, the go-to spot for hip-hop lyrics, you'll see that's chimpanz with an apostrophe. It's short for chimpanzee, so that mm-hmm. Slim Shady could put it into the correct uh, cadence. Um, I love that it. Is, you love it? I, it's, you know, I think that might be the only time we mention Eminem on today's episode, but we're going to see where it goes. Uh, we can't make any promises because Matt, Matt, you... And Paul and I, and our fellow conspiracy realists listening, even Doc, uh, we are on the precipice of something that some people are telling us is going to be amazing, maybe even the next step in human evolution, and that other people are telling us will be terrible 
and dystopian. And I, I know you very well. And, you know, I hold you in such high esteem. Um, I feel like I kind of have a sense of which camp you fall into on this one. Oh, yeah? You think? I think I have a little, <laughs> just a little spidey sense about this. Um, what do you think of when you think of brain implants, Matt? Uh, gosh, I think of our old How Stuff Works days when we did some research into the early brain implant stuff. I believe it involved a bull and uh, showing that you could use electricity to stop a bull. And wow. I think hey. maybe. I don't know. That's excellent. Yes. Yeah, that is uh, that comes into conspiracy theories all their own. And we're going to find them on the way to today's rabbit hole. But yes, that's excellent. That's something I wish more people knew about. I think we both do wish more people knew about that. We are talking about the idea that we have explored a little bit in the past in a much more theoretical way, which is uh, the idea that you are closer and closer to a future wherein uh, your grandchildren or the generations that come after you will not believe you when you say, you know, back in my day, uh, you had to use your hands on these things they call keyboards and uh, working with a computer was like playing a weird piano. It'll be the new uphill both ways in the snow, right? Because there won't be any more snow also. But, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, this is this is a real thing. You've probably seen the news, folks. Um, it's it's been in the news for a while, but it's getting a, a, a bit of a renaissance in reporting uh, due to some clever PR campaigns. Elon Musk, you know him, you know him, uh, kind of a modern day Tony Stark in some ways. Uh, he has garnered a lot of attention with something called Neuralink. Neuralink is, according to its proponents, amazing. According to its critics, some pundits. Some ethicists, some academics, a, a bevy of people, it is not quite what we're being told it, it's supposed to be. How do we talk about that? First, we got to talk about brain implants. Here are the facts. I love that you point out how old this idea is. And it's okay, dude. I was trying to figure out the very first example of the idea of a brain implant. You know, because this is the kind of stuff that happens in science fiction before it becomes science fact. And I guess really the starting thing is the definition. Like what what is what is a brain implant? Is it a prosthetic? Is it like a um a surgery? Or is it like is it more like a TMS device where you just mm. pop a helmet, helmet on? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, if if we're calling it a brain implant, then it is not a helmet. It's not a device that you wear. It's a device that goes into you, into your skull, and then attaches to parts of your brain. It's a direct communication pathway between the electrical electrical things that occur in your mind, right? The activity that happens in there when you're thinking, and some external device or internal device, right? But in order to make that connection, you've got to have something in your mind that's translating those electrical signals of your brain to hit that other external device. Uh, and it's it's weird to think about. If you go on the web page of the thing we're talking about today, uh, it says specifically that it wants to be able to connect your brain to iOS, the operating system for an iPhone. 
And that is weird to me to think about rather than it just being a connection to, uh, you know, anything or using some kind of external proprietary device. No, it wants you connected to your iPhone directly. I know. I feel like I should change the lighting on my, uh, on my webcam here. There we go. A little more <laughs> nice. futuristic. Uh, Ooh, I like so it. yeah, this is spot on exactly what's happening. And it's a little worrisome because you are right now, if you're li- the way you're listening to this show, you have an effective air gap. You can take the headphones out. We'd love it if you don't, but you can, <laughs> right? Uh, and you can push pause or you can fast forward. You can rewind. You could do a multitude of things. You could throw your iPhone into the sea if you, you wanted could, to. You could throw your iPhone into the sea. Yes. Yeah, you could. And uh, this is something that is very easy for us to do. It's up until shortly after this point in history, that kind of that kind of emergency exit hatch was normal. People didn't really think of other alternatives. But so I was I was looking through historical records and I was thinking I, I tried something a little trickier, um, not just when was the first thing made, but I was also thinking when was an idea like this first conceived? And it took me all the way back to mythology, all the way back to folklore, uh, because while folks back then did not have the term brain implant, ancient societies did have multiple instances, multiple stories and legends of some sort of influence getting into the human mind, right? In, um, in, Abrahamic religion, for instance, certain people are gifted with clairvoyance, with precognition, with visions through through God, right? Through divine intervention. And in, in other instances, like if you look at Grecian mythology or Greco-Roman mythology, you see ideas of people getting influenced in terms of their behavior. Something goes into your mind and it kind of exists there. And it compels you to or to do or to not do a thing. So people have been thinking about this way before computers, way before even the Antikythera mechanism, which yeah. is a trip. Yeah. yeah. But it goes to the concepts of possession of any sort and how that thread has continued on for, for centuries, if mm-hmm. millennia. It really does. And so we know that this is something people thought about a lot even before they have the language and the technology that human society uses today. But if we get into the science, the history of the science, it gets a little more murky. And part of the reason, not to sound too conspiratorial from the jump, but part of the reason, at least I think, Matt, is because some of these experiments uh, were conducted in secrecy, I'm convinced. And then some were also... uh, not not so much applied science as just pure science, pure research. Like uh, there's a guy we want to introduce, Luigi Galvani. Back in 1780, it's actually a winter, a winter's day, which goes into the the story. Back in 1780, he's dissecting a frog because he doesn't have Netflix or whatever. And he, uh, when he's dissecting this frog, he notices this ill-fated anonymous little hoppity guy is twitching. 
even though he's dead. And he's twitching because of static electricity that is on the scalpel. And that little discovery paved the way for all sorts of amazing things, including this podcast episode. Uh, when he found out about this, you know, he ran with it. And it's a, it's a huge scientific contribution. And people kept returning to the idea. In the 1870s, uh, there were these scientists who figured out that you could through electrical stimulation of a dog's brain, a canine, you could induce physical movement in that canine's body. You could hold, you could hold the, uh, uh, you could hold the Luciferian gift of electricity to some like part of the, the dog's brain. And then depending on which part you hit, which part you stimulated, then you might see Fido's paw go up. You might see the tail wag. Um, but importantly at this point, you wouldn't be able to make them do anything that they were like physically incapable of doing. There's not a magic part of the dog's brain that given electricity will all of a sudden result in the dog writing an operetta, you know, like that's, that's an important thing, right? Well, like, it's a shame, fr- but it, it is, is a shame. Yeah. I mean, how different would the world be if Luigi had found some part of a frog's brain that enabled it to communicate with people after death? What do yeah. frogs think about in the afterlife? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, you're bringing up a, a a great point that connects deeply with the whole topic of this show, using animals as test subjects to figure out how this whole thing works, right? Where we, we used frogs, they were dead already, but they were test subjects, right? Or science subjects, at least, being used by uh, Galvani when he was dissecting them and then found out they could move in this case you're using dogs like just some dogs uh and you're shooting electricity through their brain and then it only goes on from there there's a there's a history of human test subjects when it comes to this stuff where in the name of science an individual doctor or scientist is attempting to to figure this stuff out there's one ben i think you probably read it too there's a woman who had a problem with her brain, which produced uh, a hole in her skull. Uh, I think because of a whalebone hat she was wearing or some piece of clothing that had a whalebone attached to it that uh, cut a hole essentially in her skull. And she had exposed section of her brain where a scientist applied electrodes to see what would happen. And it was not good. She, <laughs> she, uh, he applied a lot of electricity and she ended up going into a coma and then passing away several days after the experiment. And at least according to many places online, it said it was uncertain whether or not the experiment had anything to do with her passing. But, but yeah, unfortunately, um, because there was still so much out there to learn about what an appropriate voltage would be, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how much electricity do you need to induce what you want to induce versus doing permanent damage? And this is not to say that any of these people were purposely acting in an unethical way, given the, you know, the, their societies at the time, they were just trying to figure stuff out. And that's yeah. why it, it like four years later, 1874 a guy named Robert uh, Bartholo figures out that he figures out, Hey, look at that. The same principle that applied to these frogs and these dogs applies to humans as well. What a time. And then if we, if we fast Wait, forward. Wait, Bartholo's the guy. Bartholo's the guy. 
that Buzzle experimented the on the woman. He experimented yes, on a woman named Mary Rafferty. Right. Uh, yeah. And, okay. Uh, Rafferty made the ultimate sacrifice for science there. Um, and you'll, you'll notice that in the case of Galvani, this is a, an accidental discovery. And in the case of Robert Bartholo, this is also like, he didn't know exactly what would happen. Honestly, uh, if, if you fast forward, we're still in the ancient history of this stuff. If you fast forward, let's say you're in the 1960s, you're in a bullfight because, you know, when are you going to be here again? You're in a bullfight and you're thinking, wow, these things are actually really dangerous. Are you going to kill this bull? Uh, this bull might kill some other folks beforehand, might, might even get a matador or two. Uh, then you see something crazy. And a bull is really aggravated. Because that's part of bullfights, right? They they they're entirely made to to anger this this bull, and this guy who looks maybe a little bookish, not your average matador, certainly not a rodeo clown or anything. He looks a little bookish. He walks out and he's staring down this bull, and you're thinking, "Well, your courage is inspiring, sir, but uh, maybe pick your battles." And the bull does the regular, you know, the the grunt, snort, paw in the dirt. And this guy doesn't move. But what he does do is right as the bull is barreling toward him, he takes out like a little, little remote control. Earlier generations called these a switcher. And he hits his little button. What happens? The bull stops in its tracks and it loses the overall aggressiveness. Like all just like that, like the switch, like you said, a switcher. It just goes docile. And you can imagine if you were in the stands of that bullfight and you watched that occur, how magical that would seem. Yeah. Bulls don't usually do that. You know, uh, they have all, all of a sudden this, this crowd, this bullfight sees something they've never seen before. And the bull doesn't look intimidated. It just went from a hundred to zero instantly. Mm -hmm. And then if you are an astute member of the audience at that bullfight, you say, who is he? Who is this yeah. guy? And someone tells you that guy is actually a professor at Yale University. His name is Jose Delgado, and he has invented something to put in that bull's brain. He's not friends with this bull. That, like the, the bull didn't suddenly remember his old pal Jose. Instead, the bull was... Uh, was subjected to a surgical procedure and the bull was rocking something called a transdermal simulator or stimosiever, stimosiever. Uh, it was implanted in the brain as Delgado's invention to transmit electrical impulses that could modify very basic behaviors. So it could modify feelings of pleasure, modify, in this case, feelings of aggression. And this implant that this bull had was an electrode array that was put in the neighborhood of its brain called the caudate nucleus. And when this, when he turned on this device, when he applied the simulation, it shut down. It, it stopped the raging bull quite literally, even though that sounds yeah. like a metaphor. Well, and, and he figured it out because science was real hip to this new surgical procedure or semi-surgical procedure called a lobotomy. And he, Delgado, you know, wanted to see if you could maybe not destroy part of the brain in order to achieve that passiveness 
that is, that exists with a lobotomy. What if you could use electrical stimulation to do that? And he figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the right thing to do ethically because lobotomies are horrific, right? They are very much, uh, they're barbaric, really, mm -hmm. uh, even with the best of intentions. So we know about Delgado's thoughts on the matter because he went on to write a book called, spooky title, Physical Control of the Mind, which has to be read in that accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have a quote from that, that book. Here it is. The feasibility of remote control of activities in several species of animals has been demonstrated. The ultimate objective of this research is to provide an understanding of the mechanisms involved in the directional control of animals and to provide practical systems suitable for human application. Ooh, that last part. <laughs> that last part again. You never like, have does to he mean animals being used for human application through the through direct mind control, or does he mean direct mind control of humans? Right. Yeah. Think about it. It feels weird to point at our heads during this episode, but okay. That so this stuff is real. Jose Delgado is the subject of a lot of conspiracy theories, uh, and you'll run into arguments um, proposing or even alleging or claiming that he did a lot more research and it was much more nefarious. And they'll tie him to things like MK Ultra or to the CIA at the time. And you know, there's a grain of truth in that because the CIA was going absolutely hog wild, you know, in this era, the, if you had gone to the CIA and you had reliable methods to create a so-called Manchurian candidate to control someone's mind, then the CIA would be super down to clown with you. They would be so on board. So it's understandable, but a lot of the allegations go far afield without evidence to support them. Still, it's already spooky stuff. It's just going to get spookier. Oh, very much so. But before we get there, we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor. Hopefully not Neuralink. Maybe if it's 2034, there will be an ad for Neuralink in here. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Connect your brains to your iOS. And here we go. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. We've returned for a bit of science. Look, our, our basic point is that people have been trying to influence other people's brains and their behavior since forever since the human definition of forever. And now technological breakthroughs may finally make this a new reality is where we introduce you to the Neuralink, a nice portmanteau brought to you by Elon Musk. It's the words neural and link together uh, with one L. So it flows. Uh, yeah, Musk but is did, it Neuralink yeah. or Neuralink? Or Neural Inc. Uh, which one is it? I haven't watched any videos on this, so I haven't heard anyone actually say it. I've just been reading. So I honestly don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, I've, I've heard it pronounced Neuralink. Um, but I'm also, now that you say it, I realize I'm saying it quickly. Oh yeah. Said it's slower. Neuralink. Um, Neuralink scares me and we'll see why, <laughs> but the idea like this is something your brain is the page for the palimpsest here. So let's be clear. And Elon Musk will attest to this himself. He did not invent this idea. This is an older idea, but he definitely believes in it. He thinks it's the future. And that's why he helped co-found this company. They are pretty recent. They were launched in 2016, and we wanted to share with everybody some stuff from their website, from the proverbial uh, matador's mouth here. We are creating the future of brain interfaces, building devices now that will help people with paralysis and inventing new technologies that will expand our abilities, our community, and our world. Golf clap. Golf Thanks, man. Says everybody in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they they have a pretty 
a focused mission at this point. Their initial goal now is to, quote, help people with paralysis to regain independence through the control of computers and mobile devices. Our devices, they say, are designed to give people the ability to communicate more easily via text or speech synthesis, to follow their curiosity on the web, or to express their creativity through photography, art, or writing apps. And in a in an earlier press conference about this, which we'll we'll touch on in a bit, uh, Musk made a lot of other claims. Or he's saying, like, you know, this is the blue sky portion of this sort of progress. He's saying like, you know, we could even maybe restore some physical movement because we could repair uh, neurological injuries. We could maybe help people remove their fear of heights when they're rock climbing or something, or you could hear a symphony in your head. You wouldn't have to go to, uh, you you wouldn't have to type youtube.com into a keyboard with your hands like a caveman. (laughs) But uh, Never again. (laughs) Never again. And the source of all this, the technology that they're working on, is something called the Link. Link, uh, as in like the protagonist of Legend of Zelda. At this point, Matt, I propose that we try to be utopian just for a second. It would be amazing. It would be astonishing. Can you imagine? There are people with paralysis problems around the world. And in many ways, they don't have the opportunities or it's not as easy for them to do things that everybody likes to do. So this could free people in a very real way. It's a noble goal, I think. Agreed. Agreed. So much so. And if you've ever known anyone um, or if you're listening now and, and you yourself has a have a medical condition that reduces or removes your mobility, you, of course, understand uh, the and brain surgery has been used before or electrical stimulation of the brain has been used with proven efficacy for some other medical conditions. But here's what you have to go through if you want to be on board with this. The link itself, you'll see it described as a chip about the size of a quarter. It's really more of a system. There are these ultra thin probes that are inserted into your brain And they're inserted via what is often called a sewing machine looking robot. That might make some people uncomfortable. This is invasive brain surgery. It might squig some people out. But again, what price would you put your own cognitive freedom at, right? This is sacrifice is worth it for people. The actual thing called the link, the chip is small, size of a quarter, maybe a silver dollar. And it compresses and wirelessly transmits signals recorded from those electrodes. It's sort of decoding them, you know, the same way that, um, or in a way similar to the research done by scientists who learn to decipher images. When you're thinking about an image, there's been research that allows scientists to print out that image. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. What did everybody My- just think of? I'm so curious, Matt. What? <laughs> Write to us and let you know, let us know what you thought of when you realize your thoughts may not be as secret and safe as you had hoped. Ooh, yeah, you don't want to hear mine. Nope. Uh, okay, so <laughs> nope. <laughs> not yet. Not until not until it must be released via my 
the hole they cut in my skull. Let, let's talk about how this device gets into you. Because when, when you go on the Neuralink website, neuralink.com slash approach, that's where I would send you to right now uh, if you want to follow along. When you read it on a web page, like exactly the process of getting this thing into your body, it makes me want to run away. Like <laughs> really, really badly. Yeah. It's tied to an app. Should point that out. Oh, yeah. That's the Sorry. Other- part of the system right yeah that's yeah and weirdly enough because i am so i I in general am okay with human experimentation if it is consenting and it's ethical um and i'm a fan of self-experimentation as well but oddly enough the surgery doesn't bother me in itself it's the connection to the cloud and it's the fact that it's already tied to an app i get it i hear you but we're talking about drilling a hole in everybody's skull that's going to use this. Trepanation, yeah, at the top too, not like not not like a thing in the at the back of you know at the back of your <laughs> yeah. uh, neck, right? The way it's always described like in the so Matrix much sci-fi. Yeah, it's at, it's, it's at the top as though you uh, could put a little one of those what are those hats. Kids used to wear like the fifties where they had the little D spinner? spinner on them. Yeah. They just called spinners. It, it's a, it, it looks like you could stick a spinner in there. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, mm, the, the way it's described on the website, I'm just going to jump to it really quickly. It, it shows you the link. It's got this cool futuristic looking thing that as you described it, Ben, it's got the neural threads that are flexible and, very tiny it's got a charger oh nice you can charge it uh and then you see where it says precision automated neurosurgery and it's the whole thing where they just insert it into your brain and they're gonna let an automated process do it so a surgeon is gonna assist Sure, sure. The same way that somebody assists in testing an autonomous driving vehicle, right? They're sitting there in case something goes wrong. But in in Neuralink's defense, these micro threads, you'll hear them being called ultra thin and so on, they cannot be inserted by human hands. Humans don't have the dexterity to insert them, right? So you, they kind of have to, they had to uh, use this approach. Uh, the the link that we're describing, folks, and Matt, I love that you pointed this out. Really the best way to get a sense of this is to look at neuralink.com slash approach. Uh, you'll see they break down the layers of the chip or the, the link they're calling it because it contains these chips. Um, it's about as thick as the human skull. And uh, Elon Musk says it can pop onto the surface of the brain through that drilled hole that you just described, Matt. And then you can seal it with super glue. And then the world. <laughs> bio, what do they a, call it? Bio glue or bio. Uh, bio adhesive or something. Yeah. 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 And, and of course, extensive research has been done to make sure that that won't have any, the glue won't have any damaging effects on the mind, but that's our so that's but our it, but it does take. seem to have it does seem to have problems. 
Yeah, but okay. So yes, obviously we're not great at being utopian. That's not what the show is about. So now we have to ask, why are the critics so very worried? Here's where it gets crazy. Oh, man. Oh, folks, friends and neighbors. Uh, uh, robots and humans, whomever's tuning in, fellow conspiracy realists, all people are concerned. You know, yeah. uh so, some weirdly enough, one of the concerns that got me, which I should have been expecting because this happens all the time, uh, scientists working in these fields, obviously uh, Neuralink is not the only actor in this field. Scientists working in this area were kind of disappointed. They were like, okay, sounds good. Can you do it? Uh, the mass, the MIT tech review out of Massachusetts Institute of Technology, didn't really hold back their punches uh, at one of these presentations. I think it's the one with the pigs. Uh, Musk describes the one of these devices as, quote, a Fitbit for your skull. And uh, a lot of neuroscientists didn't say, you've gone too far this time, Elon. They said, this is at best highly speculative. Uh, even in the article from MIT, they even called it neuroscience theater. And they mm. pointed out, big problems. They they were saying like, okay, the brain is a living thing. How can you build these? Uh, like one of the big concerns with any surgery, especially surgery that implants something is how to avoid the body rejecting it. Right. And then how do you, how do you make the wires last? You know what I mean? On the inside of a brain also should humans be, uh, should humans be putting out mods for a thing they don't yet fully understand? I don't know what to do, but make De Niro face. You know? De Niro face was so good right there. It's De Niro face, dude. It, I don't know. You don't know. You don't know. But uh, I mean, uh, it's such a great point. Just that first one that you made, Ben. Whatever components you insert into somebody's brain in this complicated surgery that you need an automated robotic system to perform, uh, what's the life? of those components. I mean, you're, we're talking about sensitive materials that are very tiny. Uh, it's no, it should be no surprise that the mind is a continually changing structure. It is, it is changing, especially dependent on when you get a Neuralink installed, which is a whole other issue that we haven't even thought about. If you consider LASIK surgery, and early on, when LASIK surgery became a thing, and I think this is still true. Look, I'm no scientist, I'm no doctor, but if you get LASIK too early, if you, as your eyes are continuing to develop, then you may find that you have vision problems after the corrective surgery or you know other issues that arise. It's one of those things where if you get a neuro implant early on as your, your skull is still forming your your brain oh, wow, is yeah. literally still physically growing um what happens i don't like it but but you're making a great point so there may be not just an ethical quandary here about age of consent but there may be a physiological goldilocks zone right i don't know like what happens maybe what happens yeah yeah it's a very good point we know however while mit is right or it seems on base to us in saying that these problems will take years to solve. 
in just terms of like how the material science and how how you measure the safety of it before putting it into people um the fact of the matter is that the foundational principles are there. The first, uh, the first cochlear implant, cochlear implant that uh, you know allows people to hear, that dates back to 1969, and that is an implant. Uh, and then researchers started placing probes in the brains of paralyzed people in the late 1990s to establish that yes, with these probes, people could send signals through the power of thought alone to move robot arms, to move computer cursors. And we've seen other experiments, many other experiments actually uh, with animals like mice can get these visual implants that let them see infrared. That's cool. That's something DARPA would definitely pay attention to if you're looking for funding. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then there they're, they're just the examples go on and on and on. Well, but just one he, more. There, yeah. There's experimentation using instead of electricity to stimulate and read uh, electrochemical signals in the brain. There are attempts to use uh, what was it uh, like fi- fiber optic light to interface with the brain in a different way. And some of that is very promising. You can see you can read about and see some experimentation done on mice, specifically like the white lab mice with that type of neurosurgery yeah exactly and it's important to say like what the doubters or call them the haters if you must what the haters are saying is we know the possibilities are there but you're being a bit glib about just how close or far away we are from from this actually rolling out in a scalable way which Neuralink talks about on their website scalable brain machine interfaces or BMI, the other BMI, not body mass index. There's, there's also, I think a lot of people in the world of tech get burned by the idea of vaporware, which our pal Jonathan Strickland has talked about at length. Products either, like maybe it turns out to be all sound and fury signifying nothing, or maybe something does come out, a real product, real software, etc., but it falls short of what people felt they were promised. I mean, this happens ah. in everything. This happens with video games, right? No Man's Sky, Cyberpunk, you know? Oh, for sure. I think right now the most applicable version of this would be the Theranos machines, the the blood testing machines that were compact and revolutionary and didn't actually work. Yep, yep. That is probably the most infamous recent one. Good call. Uh, and we know that the claims made by... Neuralink are making positive ways. To be clear, at this time, if you were listening to this episode, we're uh, as like the same year we've recorded it, February twenty third, two thousand twenty two. Uh, yes. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the right timeline. Yeah. I'm in the right timeline. Okay. Because well, I, I think I you are. Yeah. But I. I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this, but since we've had this conversation, I'm having <laughs> sensations at the top of my skull, like weird, tingly sensations, as though my Neuralink that I had installed sometime in the future is, I'm having ghost Neuralink? Wow. I don't know, I don't know how to describe this. That's kind of cool. No, I mean, it's, it's not. Cool, cool for me to hear because it's happening to you. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. Now, I can't think about it because I'll, I'll feel it, too. And I guarantee you, folks, um, Matt may have just hacked your mind. 
because yeah. you will probably also be very conscious of your tactile sensations at the tippy top of your of your skull. Uh, you know yeah. what it is? It's the pressure from the headphones I'm wearing is directly on the spot where I imagine it would go in. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all. That's it. all it is. Everything's fine because we're we record with headphones. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Nope. Now I feel it. Great. Great. <laughs> awesome. So. So at this time, while we're recording this in this timeline, February 23rd, 2022, you cannot buy a Neuralink, a Neuralink. You can't buy something that does all of these things because it doesn't quite exist yet. But the research is ongoing, and that leads us to another controversy. Like Jose Delgado, like Professor Delgado, they started with animals, a couple of different kinds of animals, pigs, uh, primates. Uh, there's a official statement that they issued. Well, we'll get to that in a sec. Here's what you need to know. So animal experimentation always been a controversial subject, mainly because animals do not possess the ability to consent. They don't have informed consent. And in what, this presentation, Elon Musk introduces the public to three pigs uh, to show off the latest link prototype. He also held up a version of the sewing machine robot they're calling it, which, you know, you put on your head and then you can just think yourself into the internet. Now imagine that in a metaverse, by the way, check out that episode. To be clear, that's the machine that puts the threads into your brain. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that is the, that is what threads the cognitive needle now the, or the neurological needle, I should say. Now the implant that Neuralink is testing on, on pigs has 1000 channels. And the thinking is that that means it's able to read from a similar number of neurons, 1000 neurons. And this is very much a work in progress. Everybody at Neuralink is confirming this. Elon Musk said, essentially so we want to increase that by a factor of a hundred then by a factor of a thousand then by a factor of ten thousand to read more completely from ultimately the human brain people were mad about this they said uh various nonprofits, PETA, a group called pcrm the physicians committee for responsible medicine they said that this research was causing extreme suffering in the test subjects who quote had their brains mutilated in shoddy experiments and were left to suffer and die. That's bad press, man. Not a good look. Yeah, and they're they're not wrong. There was information that's come to light that comes from the institution, the the school that was taking part in in these experimentations with Neuralink, and there's some stuff that we're going to learn about that was happening that is um, disturbing to say the least, even for someone who wouldn't consider themselves a full animal rights advocate. Yeah. I mean, some of these, uh, it's almost SOP at this point, standard operating procedure for these kinds of experiments to begin on cadavers rather than on live animals and Neuralink in their official statement, which is available online at their blog. I don't want to say they clapped back. What what they were doing is trying to, from their perspective, add context to what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But in adding that context, you see how some of the sausage is made. 
They say in this type of medical research, novel surgeries are typically performed first in animal cadavers and then later in terminal procedures. Cadavers are deceased animals who have been humanely euthanized due to either a vet's decision for medical concern or they've been euthanized as part of a, quote, previous unrelated research study. And then terminal procedure, which is one of the really controversial ones. Terminal procedure is euthanizing an animal under anesthetic after the completion of a surgical procedure. And that's that's why the way they say that is they're not just picking random animals either. What they're doing is consulting with a veterinary staff that essentially tells them, look, this animal is healthy enough to have go under anesthesia once and probably survive. But due to some pre-existing medical condition, we don't know if we can bring them back. So this, in their mind, this is a greater good thing because ultimately they say it's more ethical for us to do these terminal procedures so that the animal doesn't suffer after it, just in case whatever they're testing has an unexpected side effect or consequence, which I can see. I can see the reasoning behind that. Yeah. No, I know. I can too. There's an article that you posted, Ben, from News Channel 8. I think it's 8 on your side from Tampa, Florida. And uh, in there, it describes some of the information that was brought to light when some of these groups that you described began looking into Neuralink's activities. And there is just some, there's some disturbing stuff in here. Some of it has to do with that bio glue that we mentioned before, where it's kind of a, it's an experimental product and it has been shown a couple of times to have problems when it interacts or is applied to uh, neural tissue or to brain tissue and other tissues and in this case, it apparently, at least according to some of the the materials, it had a negative effect on some of these, uh, the macaque, the rhesus monkeys that were tested on, mm-hmm. experimented yeah. upon. Uh, and there's some other issues where there just appears to have been, I don't even like talking about this, Ben, but getting a rhesus macaque monkey to sit in a chair while and restrain its head while this type of surgical procedure is happening and then while experiments are being done you know to get the monkey to actually control something with its mind and just sit there and do that and focus on it 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 apparently according to the information here from uc davis it required strapping these monkeys down into chairs for like five hours at a time and then sometimes restraining their head in such a way that they had to like install something on their head. I don't know. And this is a primate man. And it's, that it's pretty grisly, even though it's done in the name of science to, you know, for a noble goal, at least on paper. It's mm-hmm. rough. Yeah. Agreed. And, and they, this, a lot of that comes from their partnership with UC Davis, uh, who is supplying some of the research animals For their part, Neuralink, uh, just to give you an excerpt of their statement, they said, 
This is the part that they emphasized when they went on Twitter and posted this. They said, animals at Neuralink are respected and honored by our team without proper context. Information from medical records and study data can be misleading. In this blog post, we want to provide an accurate statement of Neuralink's commitment to animal welfare. Again, you can read the whole thing, but there's no denying it's a pickle. Like nobody digs needless suffering, or at least nobody should dig needless suffering. And the, but on the other hand, on the on the other side of the brain machine interface, there's no denying that animal experimentation has led to the improvement of human lives. It's even saved human lives in some cases. So what's to be done? We're going to take a pause for a word from our sponsors, and then we'll dive into even murkier water. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. 
Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Okay, so currently, just to recap, two of the big concerns hinge on the ethical treatment of animals, one, and figuring out whether or not Neuralink can actually follow through with uh, what they would like to do, which is ambitious and is world-changing, would be a watershed moment for humanity. But those current worries pale in comparison to possible future problems that people keep bringing up. And this is this is some of the really scary stuff. So this is one of the first ones that occurred to me, Matt. I don't know if this is the first thing you thought of, but let's say you're an early adopter. This is on the market. You're an early adopter. You get the very first commercially available link. You pay an arm and a leg for it, but you're the coolest guy at parties. Uh, you are not allowed to play trivia because it's very easy for you just to, th- to just think of the answer. You might not be allowed on people's Wi-Fi. You know, there's a lot of stuff. But You're not allowed to walk outside if it's raining? You can't walk out. Yeah, you can't walk outside if it's raining, etc. If there's lightning, uh, you, my God. <laughs> right. There's a CME. It's over. Uh, but your productivity skyrockets because now you can work at the speed of your thoughts. You're not bottlenecked by your hands uh, or, or a keyboard or any, you know, traditional machine interface. But then the next generation the link comes out and then the next generation of the link comes out and the next comes out because corporations also ongoing science, you can update your software for a while, but what happens if your hardware becomes obsolete? What happens if you are a version 1.0 person living in a version 4.5 world Uh, to their credit, Musk and co anticipate this and they have envisioned the link system, the probes at least being easily removed or replaced as needed. But sure. there's, yeah, there's no hard proof of that happening successfully in humans just yet. And they're, you know how it, yeah, but you know how it would work. And, and it, I just imagine this is how it would work. The threads would stay. The threads go in and they stay forever long that lifetime is. The little, the link itself that pops into that hole in your skull, that's what gets switched out and changed. Um, That makes sense. Because think about using the first cell phone you ever owned if you're in your 30s or or older. Um, You know, imagine doing, just trying to create a text message when you have to actually type in the numbers, you know, a certain number of times. Yes. (laughs) Uh, just, just, Just send the message, hey, I'll be home in 10 minutes. Like how long that takes and what you have to do, the inputs you have to achieve. And then how quickly and easily you can do that now with your phone that you have probably. The difference between those two actions, wow, there's just such a gap there. I wonder if it will be that way. Everything I've seen online looks as though you'll be you'll be inputting like one character at a time, right? This isn't a, I think a word and then it gets put into the machine. It's, I think about moving a cursor inside of an operating system and now i can select an f now i can select a u and so on um <laughs> sorry what do you spell it <laughs> i don't know Probably i hope it's a ful- long fulcrum. text message i oh, think it's gonna be fulcrum. i was hoping it's like furthermore <laughs> second paragraph um 
Yeah, and that's that's one for everybody who remembers enter, trying to enter a sophisticated text on like a Nokia flip phone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's wild. But that's just one concern, and it is being anticipated supposedly. But secondly, and this is the one that should bother all, all the people in the audience who are called or consider themselves paranoid, especially IT professionals, hacking forced behavior, encountering ads or not being allowed to some parts of the internet or the cloud because you haven't purchased the right package plan. Like what if cable tiered pricing comes into play? These are just hypotheticals. There's been no declaration of this, but the thing is not to be too black mirror. You can turn off a television you can, if if you can't turn off the television, you're stuck in a waiting room, you can close your eyes when an ad comes on. You even put your hands in your ear and just la, 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 la. You can't do that when it's going directly to your brain unless there's another mechanism that allows you to hit that switch. And then we have to yeah, ask. You know what you the, can do? Yeah. You know what you can, what can do? You, what? You could let the battery die. That's true. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because on Neuralink, you know, one of the reasons I think some of those writers at MIT were making connections to the Fitbit, because if you've ever had one of those or used one of those, one of the one of the ways you can charge many of them is you just place it on this magnetic uh, I, dock that charges it. That in that way, you just attach it to it basically through a magnet, and I think that's what the charging system looks like. You you plug something into a USB and then it kind of is applied to the head. Maybe I'm wrong. That's what it looks like on their website. Um, if, if you just chose not to charge the thing, then maybe you're okay. Or would that be debilitating to your, you know, your functions? Right. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's, that's a huge problem. And then who watches the watchman? You know, we have to ask about the motivations, biases and policies of the people running the system of the for-profit entities running a system like this, owning the door. Uh, and, and by the way, other, other groups are, there are competitors in this field. Facebook is, is working on something similar and so on. The, the oh, tides are shifting. Yeah, I thought you'd be <laughs> particularly excited about that. Um, so like anybody who's been a part of a large social media or banking hack, they're almost normalized now. You know that's scary enough, but think about this. This is a, we're going to take you to a horror movie for a second. What if we, you're just hanging out, you and, and Matt and Doc and Mission Control and Nolan, we're all just hanging out. And then somebody starts gibbering. They appear to be moving jerkily and seizing. And you realize it's not glossolalia that they're encountering. This person who has no knowledge of Russian or, you know, whatever, any language, uh, Mandarin, they have no knowledge. What if we, no knowledge of Spanish? Let's Doesn't go matter. with Russian. Let's go with Russian. <laughs> okay. So we'll go with Russian. We're going topical. <laughs> what if they just start spouting like Russian catchphrases and propaganda? It would be like being possessed. It would be like watching one of your friends get possessed. And we don't know what kind of damage a hacked system could do to your brain. Remember, Anything with an online connection can theoretically be hacked. You don't have the air gap of the headphones or the keyboard. What, what do you do? How do you do? I guarantee you this is a, a, 
a huge um a huge focus of research for people in this field i i'm certain the only question is can the system send input into the body and cause the the body to do things or is it just the the brain functioning the way it would to move a body part or thinking about moving a body part to then send signals out like right can signals go into the the neural link and cause the body to do something or not and right now i don't think it that's possible but we're talking about the future versions, right? The 4.5s, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, we're talking about way, way in the future too, uh, but mm. not as far in the future as you might like to think. Uh, because if I'm trying and failing yet again to be utopian, there is a cool flip side to that, which is, you know, you're at a dance party. <gasps> and, you know, you, you want to impress some girl or, or some guy and he's making eyes at you and you're like, ah, damn it, I don't know the Dougie. I don't know how to square dance or whatever. And then you just, is that a dance? You, the Dougie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just know the one with the backpack kid. That's all I know. Yeah. The Dougie is, uh, Oh, I can't remember what era it's in. Okay. But yes, the Dougie is a real thing. So all of a sudden, okay. if, if that technology is possible, it's feasible that you could say, you know, Alexa or Siri or Google or whatever, um, or Alon. Download Dougie. And next thing you know, you just flip on the switch and you, you, you're doing it, right? That's cool. That's a superpower, basically. But uh, if that, if the, that, I tried and failed to be optimistic. Was that the Dougie? That, that would be a plus. No, that was not the Dougie. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I would want to be standing. But, but then, third, you know, we, we don't want to go too long on this because these are all hypothetical things, but they're things ethicists are rightly concerned about. And security experts are concerned about them. Uh, people in the field of any of the related academic and medical fields are concerned, and rightly so. I just read a fantastic sci-fi novel that I may have mentioned earlier called Bearhead. I don't want to spoil it too much, but in part of that, it addresses the danger of large-scale, non-consensual downloading or uploading. So, for instance, like a state-level, this is like the nuclear version of a hack, but let's say let's say there's a developed or very tech-forward country that has rolled out some kind of incentive or even a mandate, which would be scary, for everybody to have something like this, something that is the descendant of something like the Neuralink, then they get hacked and everybody, the funny version would be all of a sudden everybody in Antwerp gets rickrolled at the same time. But that's, that's immensely dangerous, you know, um, because there are other things that could happen. What happens if a, a virus of, of some sort goes into play. It would be a mimetic virus, you know? Um, this is this is all sci-fi stuff, but it is possible now. And that's the question I think we have to end on, Matt, is how will this affect humanity? We don't really know. We have a lot of really smart people who are thinking through the possibilities and the scenarios, but the one thing that sticks with me is the human brain is built for a radically different environment from the one in which most people live today. 
When's the last time you went foraging, right? Not not for fun, not not because you're curious about uh, the mushrooms in your local area, but because you you had to be a hunter gatherer. When's the last time that happened to you? It's been a while for me. It's not a normal part of most people's lives if they live in a dense urban environment and the majority of human beings live in urban environments. What I'm saying is it's like, imagine you are somehow attaching a satellite link to an, an Atari. How does that affect the Atari? Is it still an Atari? What is it? Is this, are, are, you know, are we getting toward that singularity that we've talked about so often uh, I'll make a video game yeah. reference uh, and recommendation yeah. to everybody. The yes. old, uh, it's fairly old at this point, series called Deus Ex. Uh, oh, there was yeah, one yeah, called yeah, Human yeah. Evolution, I believe. Yeah, that's the one that I've got over there. Um, it, the whole series deals with these kinds of questions that you're posing, Ben, and it's it's worth it. It's a great series. Try it out. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because I, I, I think I've read the lore. But I've never actually played the game, which I'm guilty of often. But uh, but yes, like this is not to be alarmist. These are things that people need to be aware of. And I did find one scare quote that I wanted to bring out, which comes from a philosopher and cognitive psychologist named Susan Schneider. She said, merging human brains, not specifically with the Neuralink, but with the AI that would uh, eventually accompany it, she said it would be, quote, suicide for the human mind. Those are strong, worrisome words. Um, And what we are doing again is we're teetering on a precipice. We're looking at a horizon and trying to guess what's on the edge uh, or what's on the other side. And it's kind of a we won't know for sure until we get there situation because this kind of thing this way has not been done at this scale before. Uh, You know what? Yeah. You know what? The more I think about it and talk about it, the more I can feel my future Neuralink, uh, the, the ghosts somehow of it fourth dimensionally, but also it does feel like an amazing thing that we're going to need i i think we need a way to interact differently with technology you know more closely more um, streamlined it's just i i don't know maybe it's just our generation isn't ready for it i'm not ready for it like i I won't adopt it my 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 son's generation i think would um i could see that growing up uh internet native or cloud native mm -hmm. um yeah, I can absolutely see it. And I, and I do think something like this is inevitable. It's absolutely true. If civilization continues, this research will continue because the potential there is so massive. But how, how best to realize the positive potential while avoiding the negative potential, right? The negative potential yeah. consequences. It's, Just don't it's combine a, it yeah. with meta. Don't combine it with metaverse. No, no, no. Oh, well, that's going to happen. I know, happen. but like that's that's suicide for the human mind right there. No, oh, that's boy. what that is. Uh, I'm trying. Wow. Yeah. So we have taken this. We we've highlighted some of the concerns. We've highlighted some of the enormous potential. We wanted to end on pointing out that something like this is highly likely 
to be on the way in in some regard. Um, we want to know your thoughts because we can't quite yet get in your head to pull them from your mind. So you're going to have to tell us. Use your hands. Use your uh, wonderful voices. Use your eyes. Let us know. Do you agree with the idea that this is inevitable? Do you believe that the potential benefits outweigh the potential risk? I don't know if we're, I don't know if here on stuff that I want you know, I don't know if we're sure about that second one, but we are sure about that first one. Uh, we try to be easy to find online, Facebook, Instagram, longtime listeners, you know the jam. Uh, hop on over to here's where it gets crazy. Tell us what's on your mind. And if you, like my esteemed colleague, realize the dangers of sipping the social meds and you don't want to constantly be plugged in to a social media platform, never fear. There are several other ways you could contact us. One of them is a good old telephone. That's right. Use your phone and dial 1-833-STDWYTK. You'll hear a familiar voice and perhaps a song, and then you will have three minutes. Please give yourself a cool nickname and tell us whether or not we can use your voice and message on the air. Then again, three minutes, do with it what you will. Bonus points if you can make us all chuckle. That's probably our favorite thing. Many of you have been doing that, by the way. And I haven't called many of you back, but kudos, uh, shout outs to, to all of you who are being hilarious on our voicemail <laughs> right now. Um, oh, oh, here's another thing. Just before we jump to the last part, please do make sure if you're listening to this show and you like it for one reason or another, and you want to continue listening, do a couple of things for us. Take, take the time, please. We, we don't have, you know, a Patreon or the kind of thing that you can support the show in some way like that. But what you can do for us that really would help the show is to leave a review on Apple podcasts, or I believe Spotify has a review system either now or coming in the the near future. Uh, Leave a review there, please, 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 please. It helps us a ton. And also make sure to really follow us on social. If you have an Instagram account, if you use Twitter, really do follow the show. Or Ben, what's your, what are your socials? Oh, yes. If you want to, we have big things on the way um, that we've been, we've been alluding to over, especially the last few weeks. Uh, so get in on the ground floor with the show social. If you want a behind the scenes peek at uh, various research rabbit holes at my own various misadventures, things I get into. You can find me on Twitter at Ben Bullen HSW, or you can find me on Instagram where I love talking books with people. Uh, I love giving teases of other, other stuff that we're getting up to uh, in a burst of creativity. I'm calling that Instagram handle at Ben Bullen, B-O-W-L-I-N. Matt, what if people don't like telephones? What What if they're, you know, respectfully you and I, have divergent opinions on telephones in general, but Love uh, I know, I know I support you. Uh, but if you don't, uh, if you don't like being on the phone or if you have a story that deserves more than three minutes, that needs more than three minutes to be fully explained and explored, then don't feel like you have to write a script and call five times and read parts one through five. You can write it all down. You can, send us your tale with the links with the photos we read every single email we get all you have to do is drop us a line where we are conspiracy at iheartradio.com
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.